Hello, I'm Rhonda Nowak for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. This is The Literary Gardener for February 11, 2021. The topic this time is Grow Healthy Hedges for Healthy Ecosystems. If we connect tiny isolated natural areas by building biological corridors between them, the species that live there can intermingle and increase their populations. Douglas Tallamy, Nature's Best Hope, 2019. Last week, I talked about Talamy's recommendation to add more native plantings in our landscape in order to support local wildlife and ecosystems. Talamy persuasively argues that native plants are more effective than non-natives in providing food and shelter for local birds and insects. This is because native plants and animals have developed specialized relationships through co-evolution, whereas plants that have been introduced from other parts of the world have not adapted to participate in local ecosystems. My red tip Photinia, Photinia exfraseri hedge, a hybrid of species that originated in Asia, is a good example of the lack of interaction between a non-native plant and native wildlife. The Photinia sprays of pretty white flowers attract lots of European honeybees, but no native insects, and the red berries do not supply the nutritional needs of native birds. Why should I care whether my Photinia head supports native wildlife? After all, I planted the evergreen shrubs to provide a privacy screen between the street and my front yard. However, if my goal is to increase biodiversity in my yard, then I need to add plants that contribute to the food webs and successful reproduction of native animal species. Otherwise, my landscape only supports a few generalist insects and the birds that feed off them. Increasing biodiversity goes beyond altruistic notions of saving wildlife. Raising the number of native plants and animals enhances the carrying capacity of our gardens and landscapes. In other words, their ability to contribute to the ecological services that sustain human life. We take these services for granted. Clean, oxygen-rich air, clean, accessible water, flood control, weather moderation, fertile topsoil, pollination, carbon sequestration, natural pest control, and many others. But without biodiversity, local ecosystems become destabilized, ecological services are degraded, and the quality of life for all of Earth's inhabitants breaks down. Talamy makes a good point when he says conservation efforts are strengthened when people become more familiar with local wildlife. Last week, I shared the website for the National Wildlife Federation's Native Plant Finder, which provides pictures and descriptions of local native plants and the butterflies and moss they support. Again, it's https colon double backslash www.nwf.org backslash native plant finder. The Audubon Society also has a native plant database that links native plants with local birds they support. The website is at https colon double backslash www.audubon.org backslash native hyphen plants. For example, Blue Blossom, 
Ceanothus thyrsiflorus, an evergreen shrub with clusters of pretty blue, purple, or white flowers, can attract 18 different species of birds, including native species of chickadees, wrens, waxwings, nuthatches, woodpeckers, and warblers, as well as 93 species of native bees and butterflies. In fact, adding native shrubs to our hedgerows is one of the best ways to increase interactional diversity in our landscapes in which different plants and animals work as a community. If people work together in the same way, our hedges could become much more than ornamental privacy screens. They could become what Ptolemy calls biological corridors that connect our landscapes to each other and to larger wilderness areas nearby. In my neighborhood, the hedges are predominantly English laurel and Photinia shrubs, both non-natives that I have in my own front yard. Over the past few years, my Photinias have become infected with black spot, a fungal disease that commonly affects Photinias, roses, and berry bushes. The fungus is spread from plant to plant by airborne spores, and it overwinters on leaves and in leaf litter. My photinias are particularly susceptible to disease because as the tree canopy has spread in my yard, parts of the hedge no longer get enough sunlight for optimal health. I've noticed several photinia hedges in the neighborhood are infected with black spot. During late winter dormancy, February and early March, is a good time to prune off diseased foliage on my evergreen shrubs, thin out branches to increase air circulation, and apply a natural fungicide to treat the black spot, but avoid applying in freezing temperatures. However, it's also good a good time to rethink my hedgerow design and plantings. I've learned that one of the most effective ways to prevent an outbreak of disease or insect infestation is to use different species of plants in my hedge. I've decided to gradually replace the Photinia shrubs with native evergreen plantings, including blue blossom, tall Oregon grape or Mahonia aquifolium, Oregon boxwood, Pacostema marcinites, and evergreen huckleberry, Vicinium ovatum. By using different types of plants, I'll be able to position the hedge shrubs according to their sunlight requirements. Rather than a straight, flat-topped hedgerow, I'll create a more natural-looking border for my yard. Here are tips for planting or transplanting shrubs. First, make sure the location and growing conditions in your landscape are right for the plants you want to grow. Space the plants to accommodate their mature size, a mistake I've made more than once. Soak the plant roots thoroughly before planting and gently loosen the roots so they're free from the root ball. Be sure to handle the plant by the root ball rather than the trunk or stems. Dig a hole twice as wide as the root ball and deep enough so the flared base of the trunk is just above ground level. A common mistake is planting trees and shrubs too deeply. Loosen the soil in the planting hole and rough up the sides of the hole with a shovel so the roots can grow freely. Don't add soil amendments to the planting hole. They tend to keep roots from fanning out from the plant. After making sure the plant is straight, backfill the hole with the soil that was removed, water again thoroughly, and apply a thick layer of mulch around the plant, avoiding the trunk. Even if the shrubs are drought-tolerant once established, the young plants will need adequate moisture to establish a healthy root system. 
On the other hand, more newly planted trees and shrubs die of overwatering than lack of water. So be sure to use a moisture probe to check the soil past the top few inches and adjust your irrigation accordingly. Our hedges serve us well. They add privacy, block wind, and beautify our landscapes. If we grow the right plants, our hedges can also provide benefits well beyond the borders of our yard. And that's it for the Literary Gardener this time. Thanks so much for listening and happy gardening.